Adel Marcy Unplugged. I'm your host of the most, as always, Adel Marcy, and I'm here with my friend Kyrie Oliver. Now, Kyrie is, I don't know, he's a really smart business dude, but he's hella funny. Like, genuinely, just one of the funniest guys I've met online. And uh, I've been wanting to get him on my show for some time now, and thankfully, we just managed to find the right time. Unfortunately, however, we're going to be having to cut the show a little bit shorter than I want to, but the upside is I get Kyrie back on later on in the same season. And uh, we get to like, continue and pick up where we left off. Just real quick shout out to our sponsors. Today's episode is sponsored by Influx. That's I-N-F-L-U-K-Z, or Z if you're American, dot com. Um, it's Kyrie's site. He's going to be building something on there around the time this release. It'll be fun. Uh, and also sponsored by AdelaMarcy.com. You guys can go there, check out previous episodes of the show. Kyrie, welcome to the show. Yeah, man. Thank you for having me on. Oh, uh, Dude, glad to have you on. I didn't butcher your name, did I? No, no, oh, it was perfect. Fuck for that. Because I was like, things like this entire time I've been calling him this. Maybe his name isn't this, and he's just gonna smack me upside the head or something. Who knows? <laughs> oh man, how's it hanging? How's that thing going? It's good, man. It's busy. End of the year is always super busy, but having a good time. Yeah, you've been killing it this year, though. Like, especially so the people that don't know what you do exactly, just real quickly, because as far as I know, you broke a businesses between like other people and helped them generate a ton of traffic. Well, yeah, for some of them. yeah. Um, so I own a, a digital marketing slash consulting company. Um, it, it, it at I guess the peak of it, it was like myself and I had three employees. Right now, it's myself and two employees. Um, luckily, I'm at the point where I only take on people I want to work with, <laughs> people I enjoy hanging out with, and I usually have. A rule, especially for my consulting clients, because I have to spend time with them, like hours on the phone with them. Yeah. Um, if we couldn't be friends, you can't be my client. Yeah. And that's a very, very basic but very important rule for me. I have to enjoy you uh, in order for us to work together. And luckily, I was able to, you know, afford um, that luxury by having produced amazing results for people in the past. That is incredible. See, I love the fact that you actually have that as a rule and basically the way that works all, it all works out because I have the same thing I'm doing uh, moving forward as well with my business is because I get hired for consulting days and you know you've heard me on the phone you know exactly what I'm like when I start visualizing going through all my stuff I really can't hold back the river just like you can't um, I actually came to realization that I was like if I really want to take on someone's a consulting client if they're going to do like a full consulting day with me for like eight hours the first two to four hours we're going to play cards against humanity because <laughs> I really want to know how fucked up they are. I'm like, if my client's really fucked up and it, like they have a messed up sense of humor like I do, I'm like, we're gonna get on fine. <laughs> like, I there's no that. problems about this. Like, I now I know how to write your advertising because I know where we want your story and portrayal to look like. Whereas if you're really vanilla and really shallow, like you don't play the game, like you don't let the little dark demons in your head come out to play. Maybe because there isn't any. You know, some people have those. Um, then I just kind of, it, it helps me. I can help you for that day. And I'm like, all right, cool. I won't be taking you on for a long-term client. So I, I did my day. I'm done. Whereas if it's yeah. someone I know I can hang out with and I can play games with, I'm like, I want you for like a little while. Let's hang out. And I'm more inclined to do more work for you. I'm more inclined to do better work for you. I'm more inclined to go like above and beyond and out of my way. I explain to people quite often, like, if you want just kind of the cookie cutter, they're going to press a bunch of buttons for you and, like, I can send you to those people if that's what you want. It's just not how, it's not how I run my business. Yeah. 
It's not how you do things. No. So I got I got to ask cuz I remember you were an athlete before you became a business owner like how what was the transition between the two and what was like the biggest thing that you found that applied universally? Um You know I haven't really been asked that question yet. It's Ha, huh, yes. First one, suck at everyone else. <laughs> good, yeah. Um so yeah, I was a, in America, American football. I was a Division 1 collegiate football player. So it's the highest level of like college sports you can get to yeah and um did that for a while i'd say the biggest thing that is like the crossover between sports and like business especially online businesses adaptability and like resourcefulness i i just have a higher level of being able to figure things out than most people like i'm willing to look in more places i'm willing to spend more time i'm willing to be more creative um, and I'm willing to fail like a lot more often than most people are. And I think, uh, that was probably the biggest crossover and also like a, a big piece of why I've been successful is I'm just willing to do it and, and not because I want to, but because I, it's just, this is what needs to happen. I don't care really how I feel about it. Uh, it just needs to get done. Like I actually just had a client, um, that I onboarded about a week and a half ago. And I'd gone into his Facebook ads account. I'd set up, I probably spent a good 12 hours between research, setting everything up. Like we set up a pretty robust campaign in his Facebook ads. And the team that he had just fired from his Facebook ad account came in and deleted everything. Wow. And got all their own work. And which is, I think, is a shit business practice anyway. Yeah. Um, they come in and delete all the campaigns that they had created that he had paid for. Because in, in my view, if you pay me to create these campaigns, then they're yours. I don't get to take them when you fire me. Um, yeah. So they went and deleted all of the campaigns that they had made for him and then deleted mine as well. And he had, like I, I called him and I told him about it. And he was like, well, should I confront him about it? The difficult thing is they're just going to, if they're being shitty enough to delete all your stuff, they're going to be shitty enough to deny it. And be like, no, he must have messed up. You know, it, It's not our responsibility that his stuff was deleted. And so it was just like that. I took one deep breath and jumped jump back into it. I got to create it again. I, I didn't feel like there was like, it didn't make sense to go and try to chase them around to get it re-uploaded. Yeah. To especially have the end result be they couldn't get it back anyway. Yeah, that's just going to be like some shitty business time as well. It's going to be shitty times for you guys like chasing them around because you know they're going to give you the run around. They're not going to be straight with you. I have oh, a I have a similar philosophy except for I got burned a couple of times really early on in my career. So now what it is that whenever I create copy for anyone, if we don't work out, they can still run the copy. I'm fine with that because I know it's going to succeed. Yep. The only difference is that I know I always keep I always keep the right to reuse that copy for whatever I want. So if I wrote like a really killer hook and I find another client that happens to be, it could be even their competitor. I'm like, look, this person fired me for whatever reason. Uh, I keep this copy. I can revamp it to your story because it's very similar and I can show you the rest of the stuff we were going to do. I'm okay with that. But as long as it's not the exact same, it has to be edited. It has to be custom. Yeah. Because you can use the same hook in different areas. Like You can use the exact same thing, but with um, different stories leading to that transition into the product, so to say. Yeah, definitely. But yeah, that's a really smart way of doing it, man. I'm proud. I'm proud that you actually just went with it. And that's something I find as well with like playing sports in your teens and growing up playing sports. 
you learn a level of discipline of like it doesn't matter how it, it, it's not so much that it doesn't matter how it feels like what's going on right now it's going to happen one way or the other it's how prepared do i want to be when i get to there yeah like do i want to spend the next 12 hours chasing these clients uh to like these people these former these former uh facebook people like around to re-upload something that i know they won't be able to do or do i spend the next 12 hours just like you know what it's gonna suck i've got to redo it anyway do i do it now or do i wait 12 hours to do it now when i'm more frustrated yeah just a really smart way of doing it and i really i'm really glad that you said that because far few people far few people actually even think of doing that so my question here really like jumping off of that was like what got you into doing what you're doing because it seems like <laughs> it seems like a really far job it's like Okay, so I, I was a Division One collegiate football player. I'm in business now, but the type of business that you're you're in, um, it's uh, so the type of business that you're in personally right now. It's essentially you can't really see a huge connect most of the time because a lot of people I do know that do sports move towards uh, other areas. Um, but what you've actually gone into is quite technical, and it's kind of inc- it's it's so inspirational to see that jump. I don't know if I'm actually making sense. This is the most fucked up part. It's like, I actually know what question I'm trying to ask. No, but it's I'm not... fine. Okay, cool. So essentially, for the people that are like me and wondering, what the fuck is he rambling about? The question I'm saying is like, what was the thing that drove you to actually jump into what it is that you do from playing collegiate football? Yeah, I, uh, well, one, it was a complete accident. <laughs> I, uh, I still say all the time, like, I'm, I'm not, when you talk to me, when, you know, we, when we converse or when I go online, I don't talk, act, or like live my life like a typical marketer. It's not a piece of my identity. It's something that I'm like that I do. It's a skill set that I have. Um, <clears throat> it started off. I was doing it. Well, uh, my good friend and mentor at the time, when I was 21, um, he had he had just hired on a marketing company. He'd been working with them for maybe five or six months, and he was spending, he was paying him like three grand a month plus $1,500 in ad spend. And I I think I started off like making fun of him because you would have, I think they got him like 30,000 followers, which is incredible. But anything he posted would get like seven or 12 likes. And it it just didn't make sense to me. I was like, you got 30,000 people looking at your stuff and nobody likes what you have to say. I thought it was funny. And then uh, it started getting a little bit more serious. Like over the next few days, I was messing with him enough to where he was kind of questioning it and being like, well, yeah, why am, why am I not getting these results? And so I asked him if he had a way of, uh, of really qualifying the people who were coming into his page. Like, do you know what type of ads these people are running? Do you know who they're targeting? Like, how are they even finding your audience? I don't have a marketing background. Like, I didn't know what questions to ask, but I knew something was wrong. And so he had asked him a question, and now that I'm in marketing, I, I understand like that whole runaround. They won't give you a straight answer. And yeah. so I just asked him if he can give me the login information, and I'll go try to figure out what the hell they're doing. I remember going into his page, and I realized that 28,000 of his 30,000 page fans were Filipino. Wow. And it just it didn't make sense. They, I, I knew that there was no reason, for, especially for his content, um, for it to be shown to a Filipino market. And then I kind of further dug a little bit and realized that the company 
that he had hired was taking a little piece of his budget, spending it on Facebook, and then taking about $200 and paying an agency in the Philippines to filter and like bring page fans into his page. But again, they didn't engage. They didn't purchase anything. So uh, immediately made him fire them. <laughs> and I told him, look, while I was digging through this stuff, it didn't seem like it was that difficult to set things up. Do you want me to try? And if I can do well, then just pay me a few hundred bucks a month to do it for you. And I think it took probably two weeks and we quadrupled his engagement. I got rid of all like the fake followers and I really just started building it, you know, in, in a more genuine way. I only targeted like I call them tier one countries, US, UK, Canada and Australia. And um, in the first year we built him from that 20,000 followers or 30,000 followers up to 190,000 followers. And I, probably six months in, I actually started running ads for legitimate like business sales because his was really only brand building. So I really got into selling online programs, products, um, live events. Um, I, I've probably worked in 17, 18 different markets so far in the last three years. Excellent. And so I really just kind of dove head first into it. That's brilliant. Okay. So what's some, so from my perspective, cause I spent literally the majority of my life, Wow, it's kind of slightly depressing to realize that next year my um my copywriting career or my career as a direct response marketer would be a legal adult mm-hmm. next year. Wow, it's kind of like weird. I'll be eighteen. It'll be eighteen years <laughs> next year. I'm like, damn. Like three years after that, you can drink anywhere at once. Um, but what I was gonna say, as far as it goes with like um years of studying how to write ads and influencing people, there's always like different formulas and stuff. And sometimes I find marketers and writers particularly get into their own formulas far too much and screw everything up. For you, did you ever study anything that was copy, or did you just int- like intuitively know and just go with what you thought would sell? Yeah, I've I've never studied copy. I've still never studied marketing. Um, Good man. Yeah, I, I talk about it all the time. Still never taken a marketing course. Still never read a marketing book, but we've generated, I think Black Friday pushes over 35 million total for my clients nice. in the last. And yeah, it was it was all just, I spent a lot of time. And I, so I think this is important too, is I've interviewed almost 900 people. And most of them were from when I was about 19 until I was about 21. And I just became obsessed with really like learning about people and how they view themselves and the world around them. And it had nothing to do with business. This was before I started marketing. Um, I, I was really trying to get a grasp on myself and I wanted to get a grasp on other people as well. And I think that's probably the biggest thing that's made me, uh, made my marketing brain, I guess, the way that it is, is I connect with and I understand human beings um, very well. I, I Very quickly, I can understand and, and um, connect with people. Uh, I, I know a lot of like what drives us to do what we do. And I think from there, I was able to really easily understand what makes us consume something, like what makes me want to purchase this thing or what makes me want to connect with this person online. And using those as my tools for marketing, it, it really, almost all of it came from interviewing real live people. It had nothing to do with online classes or courses or what somebody else says you should say to them yeah i agree like it entirely just basically the fact that you can actually tell from any of your posting that you really just get people 
And that's one of the most difficult things, like, not just entrepreneurs can do, but anyone can really understand. And you seem to have a real natural gift for it, if that makes sense. Don't get me wrong, I'm not going to discount, like, your work ethic, because you do test the shit out of things. Yeah. Um, but that's what that's what inspires me about you. And I really do look at you as an inspiration, as someone that is just themselves the entire time. Because, like, I know for a fact, um, as, as I said to you, we're on each other's Christmas lists now. <laughs> we are. And I'm looking forward to that kind of stuff, because I've got, like, I've got the perfect Christmas card for you in mind as well. I was like, oh. Yes. No, I'm setting mine out next week. Same. That's when my, mine are flying out, because I've, uh, I've got mine, well, to be fair, by the time this comes out, Christmas was a little while ago, but while we were recording this, um, my friend's moving to America at, uh, like next Monday. Yeah. And she's moving to California. So what I've done is I've actually written a letter for her and sent her Christmas card to arrive to a new place just before Christmas. And I want, I want to make sure I get like yours in there and everyone else's that I want to send cards to. So that'd be a lot of fun. But yours specifically had something in mind. But one of the uh, one of the questions I really had was, how did you get used to actually writing your own voice? Because that's something I struggle with immensely. Like I'm getting there, I'm getting better at it. But like, how do you like harness your own voice in your posts? Because so far, so far, I I know this from myself. I know this from other people. They seem to struggle with this idea of, if I wrote this down, yeah, my friends and people around me they would get this, but it seems a little bit too weird, wacky, wild people will judge whatever it is take it down don't write it like how did you overcome that yeah. to just post it i think i deal with the same thing i just do it anyway okay like i know that the right people are going to stick around um i also don't say anything too like too insane and i always try to provide context i think that's a big thing most people online who like feel misunderstood a lot of them kind of say crazy shit anyway and they probably shouldn't be understood very <laughs> very well by most people so I, I, uh, I don't post anything too crazy. I don't really think anything too crazy. Like I have a running list of notes on my phone just from thoughts throughout the day. They have to at least be in my notes for two days before I'll post them. And they have to at least be in draft for a few hours before I'll actually post it. Like I go back and look at whatever I'm about to post to make sure it wasn't like me just being angry about something or me just being like a little snippy about something that happened earlier in the day. Like I give myself time um, to get past the emotional reaction and allow a little bit of logic in. And if it still makes sense, then I post it. But I don't, I think because I write without the intention of what are people going to think about this, it, it allows me the freedom just to say what I would say anyway. And I run into that problem still with sometimes I come across differently than I'd like to online. And I have to, again, provide context and say, well, you know, I may have said it this way, but maybe here's a little bit better version of what I meant. Like maybe my status is very succinct and I make it like that on purpose. Um, I know what drives engagement. So I, I post things that are going to be engaged with. Um, and then I like to say I provide the premise in my status and I provide context, most of my context in the comments. And sometimes my, my context is the first comment on the post. Like I'll post something. And then immediately I'll go comment on it and say, here's here's a little bit deeper into what I mean. But I want this post to be kind of like short and sweet so people can get it very quickly. And then the first comment is, here's a little bit deeper dive into my idea or my concept. Um, but yeah, I just, I don't think about, 
how people are going to receive it for the most part. I think about how I'm expressing myself in the way that feels most genuine to me. Yeah. And to be honest, with, a lot of the stuff that you say is just fucking hilarious. Like, <laughs> I, I, I've said this a couple of times on the show, but I'm going to give you guys an example. I was having a really shit day a couple of weeks ago. And I remember looking at my, I think I was either on my face, I was either on Facebook, on my phone, or on my desktop. I think I was on my phone. I remember talking to our mutual friend, Sarah Thompson, and I was like scrolling through. And all I saw was like, you just tell, it, it was maybe, it didn't even fit like, uh, you know, when you go over a certain character limit on Facebook, it like drops it down to normal size text. Otherwise, it's really big, bold text. Yeah. Your message just killed me, which was, my dog woke up, my dog farted, woke up, turned around, growled at his butt, at his own butt. How's your day going? That killed me. Just that, just the entirety of that. Because I was like, I can imagine Kyrie's voice just saying that, like, completely like, yeah, this shit actually happened. How's your day? <laughs> like, nothing it, else. Yeah, it was my girlfriend's Cocker Spaniel. He, he, first of all, he's an asshole. I hate that dog, but I love him at the same time. Yeah, no, I, I, I get that. My girl cat is the exact same. Like, I'd have yeah. a dog as well, but my place isn't big enough to have a dog. Yeah, he, uh... He and I had this little um, masculinity struggle when I first started dating my girlfriend. Like, I would go over to her apartment, and if I went to the bathroom, he would go pee in front of the toilet. If I, I mean, literally, like, if I did anything or went anywhere in my girlfriend's apartment, he would pee wherever I just was, including, like, pillows on the bed. Oh, man. What a yeah. He and I have had our issues, <laughs> and we're starting to figure them out after a year and a half. Um but yeah, he, he he's just a weird like he's super all three so we have three dogs. They're all super quirky. But yeah, he just like he was napping on the couch, farts that like we can so we can all hear it, turns around, growls at his own ass and, and just like goes back to sleep. I was like, "You're such a weirdo, dude." You know what? I actually found this out though. And like female like female it's it's universal amongst females cuz I thought it was just like humans that did this. I've seen it with cats and dogs. You know when, like, you're sli- uh, you probably would know. You would probably know this better than I would. Because um, how how long have you been with your with your girlfriend? How many years you guys been together? Only a year and a half. Almost oh. a year and a half. Okay, cool. Seriously, you guys are so in love. It's really adorable. I can totally oh, I see that. Like it's it's by the way, if you guys are not on Kyrie's Facebook, we'll just see it. It's amazing just to read that. But what I was gonna say was you've probably seen or heard of this at least is the idea of when you're sleeping next to a woman she wakes up and she's like i just had a dream where you were cheating on me with another woman or you were doing something really fucked up in her dream yep i've had that happen to me before but the thing is i was sat on like i was sat on the couch like a couple months ago both my cats were sleeping next to each other my girl cat wakes up puts a paw like claws out on my boy cat's face and then hisses at him while half asleep so but she boy, had that dream. She had that dream. My boy cat literally wakes up, <laughs> looks at her, and just goes back to sleep like, whatever, bitch, I'm tired. All right, whatever. We actually, with my girlfriend, we call her Patricia. My girlfriend is a little moody for no reason. That's Patricia coming out. And I keep telling, I always tell her, like, it, it'll just be the most random thing in the world. Hey, did you do this? Put Patricia back in your pocket. <laughs> like, keep that bitch away from me. I love my girlfriend, Lee. Patricia's an evil bitch that lives in her pocket, who I hate. Oh, man. Yeah, Patricia and the Cocker Spaniel are just friends. You know, they're plotting some shit every so often. I think the Cocker Spaniel's trying to protect Patricia. 
Oh man, that is so funny though. I just love that shit. Alright, so real quick, because I know that you're not the type of person, like, you do read and stuff and you do study, but you, you weren't the person that went through like a ton of marketing and resource and stuff. But I've got to ask you, what was it that influenced you? Like, what were your big influences? Um, at the time, again, I was just wanting to understand. What was that? Now, I mean, right now, like, what are your influences right now? Right now, who I want to be at 40 is my influence. And who, who I who feel I'm supposed to be at 40 years old is the is um, what influences me to do what I do. My drive. So like that, that's what's pulling me um, is like me at 40. I'm trying to attain that, like the picture of who I'm supposed to be at 40 years old. I'm 24 now. Um, that's what's pulling me. What's pushing me is my future children. I don't have kids yet, um, but I, I literally do everything in business, life, my interactions with other people, all the way down to getting a dog. I got, I have a Siberian Husky, and I got one of the most difficult breeds of dogs because I knew that it would help me when it comes to patience and responsibility when it comes to parenting down the road. That is actually very, very true because you got to be able to handle it like breeds that are not naturally like what's it called they're not naturally obedient animals like they do need a pack leader oh my gosh my dog my husky does whatever he wants yeah no i i just can't sound it's nowhere near the same because i fucking love huskies but i've got two bengals both mm -hmm. my Beng both my bengal cats are like fifth and seventh generation so like my boy he's the fifth generation one he is a Take it this way. I can't take him out on walks anymore. He, he, he killed a fucking fox. Your cat? Fox. My cat fucked up a fox and killed it. That's dope. Like, this little this is before he got neutered. Now he's neutered. He's like the sweetest little bastard. Like, always has been like the sweetest little bastard. But if there's an animal that wants to fuck with him, like, there's a whole different side of him. Like, he switches out. And he's like, what? Let's go. Like, yes. I, I remember, like, having him on... Um, so the reason I say I used to have him on a leash is because when I didn't, before I moved to London, I used to live down in Plymouth, which was massively open. It was a, it was a city that had an ocean near it, so it was an ocean city. I remember walking around and I used to have him on a leash because Bengals love, they, they get on with dogs better they do than they do with other cats. They like dogs because yeah. they're like, I'm still a wild animal, a dog will fuck with me and we can play fight, it's fine. Um, he loves the water. He used to go paddleboarding with me. It was really, really cool. But I, one I, day, yeah. Crazy, right? Cat that loves water? Weird. So one day I'm walking back and uh, there was a pug. And like Chase was about six months old at this point. There was a pug that was uh, like barking at him and trying to square up to him from like the other side of like, uh, well, it's pets at home, the equivalent of pet smart over in the US. Yeah. And like this dog was like straight up squaring up to my cat, and like, I swear to God, instead of like backing down, like I've seen so many of the cats do, like I had to hold my cat back because he was like running at the dog, like what? Let's go! I was like, dude, no. He tried to do it to an Alsatian. I was like, that dog poops. Its poop is bigger than you. Don't. Yeah. <laughs> It'll fuck yeah, you up. Please don't. But that's the thing. The reason I got it is because, uh, well, first of all, it was a gift, but like particularly with that breed, what I found is very similar to like huskies very similar to malamutes or any dog that isn't naturally obedient you got to establish not just how to be the alpha pack leader with them but how to treat them correctly like how to make sure that they feel loved and 
cared for and gentle, but also at the same time, you have to be disciplinary. You have to be a disciplinary yep. person with them. Cannot say that word today. Um, but okay, so jumping right back into it. So like, person you want to be at 40 is the person that influences you because that's what you want. It's for your kids that aren't unborn yet. So even right now, you're training with your dog. Like what? Like everything you're building right now is essentially just for this future generation, right? Yes. Yeah, I, I, I've realized like once I really got my shit together, that's where my focus needed to shift. Like I know, I, I mean, I've been through insane things. I, I talk about it on other podcasts. We don't have time to like go over it now, but. Um, that's what part two's for. Yes, that'll be a good one actually. Cause like I've, I've just been through a lot for 24 years old. So that's provided me perspective to where regular life problems, I, I they're not that they're easy. I handle them quickly now. How do I feel about this? And and then how do I need to move forward? Like I always have my end goal in mind. So the menial daily, oh, this probably sucks. Like what what would normally throw people off for the whole day? It, again, it maybe takes that one breath for me. Oh, all right, let's like hop back into it. I mean, I spend a maximum of five minutes on problems and then everything else is a solution. It's because I've been able to do that. I've opened myself up to be there for people in a different way than most are capable of. And that's been my goal. That's been what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm still leveling myself up. It's just I think I've handled so much that I can now like move myself out of the way and say, I got me handled. Whatever comes up, I know how to deal with it. Not that I know how to deal with it. I know that I can deal with it and deal with it in a healthy and like responsible way. Now I'm able to care for everybody else. I agree with you so much there. And it's a powerful thing to actually go through. It's actually something I do want to jump into. I'm glad you mentioned it now because this sets up like the second podcast way better. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. let's just get it back in. But I was going to say, I, the image I get from that, it's very similar to the image I was telling um, Sarah about. Because I, I've got, like, 2018 went through a ton of challenges. Um, you know, needless to say, grew up with a lot of challenges, but even so now, like, it really tested me after a really long time. The way they always put it is, um, you know, like, the squatted duck walk, where you have, yep. like, the barbell on your shoulders, you're squatting down, you got to do the duck walk with it. The way I always used to say that is, sometimes life tests you to the point where it just keeps adding like every three steps is another 10 pounds added to that and you got to keep going like you yeah. can't put that weight down you can't stop and what happens is growing up with that kind of environment like life shapes shapes you in that sense when you finally put that weight down and you can stand up on your own two feet like fully stood up after like enduring all this weight you realize that your muscles are a hell of a lot stronger than most other people's. And more importantly, when you sit down to face other people's problems, you're like, it's not really a problem. But you can't say it that way because they haven't lived through it. You're of like, course. yeah, you're just like, I understand where you're coming from, but try and see it from this perspective. And something I took away, and for everyone else listening, I hope you guys took this away as well. I'm going to start adopting that five-minute thing with you. Where it's, okay five minutes i'm allowed to worry about this problem or think about this problem as a problem now we turn to the solution yeah because that makes way more sense because i've spent literally hours trying to sort out a problem before i'm like i could just literally handle this in five minutes if i like looked at it from this perspective and giving myself that parameter is perfect 
because it lets all the really shitty stuff come to service and you're like, all right, that's done. All the rest of it doesn't need to be done. Let's go right into the solution. Mm-hmm. Thanks for that. Yeah, of course. It's Again, all this stuff is just things that I've tripped and like stumbled on and I've just came to a realization through those problems. So even people listening, like, there will be people who say, oh, I'm going to adopt that five-minute thing, and you just won't do it. And that's not – like I don't think that's the most terrible thing in the world. You need to come to a point where you have to do that or else things go undone or you lose your house. Or like I think usually things like this are fortified in difficulty, in like the muck and the shit. The goal, I think, is to – adopt these good habits and these good practices before the shit gets too difficult and before the shit gets too confusing and, uh, you know, muddies the waters too much for you to be able to navigate. Like the goal is to as quickly as possible, get to a point where you're just going to push through things and you're just going to figure them out and realize like I, I had to have this talk with my girlfriend last night. She just started school. Um, in the, in like the medical field and she was not having a good time because she went straight from school to work yesterday and we were going out to dinner and she was just like, I, I, this stuff sucks. Like it, I'm, I'm tired. I'm sore. It's, it doesn't feel good. And I had to lovingly and, and again, validate where she's at and understand she's, she's not seeing this how I'm seeing it. And I, I can't expect her to, but what I can do is explain to her, this is going to suck. It's not going to be fun. It's not supposed to be fun. At the end of it, though, look what you're going to have accomplished and try to have that in mind when it gets sucky. When it starts to feel like shit, realize you're going to have like a very nice paying job at the end of this. You're in a job right now that you don't enjoy. You're going to have to kind of allow it to suck. And I think once you accept this is going to not be fun for a little bit, you then open yourself up to finding the solutions. You open yourself up to finding the answers to those problems as opposed to just dwelling on, wow, this doesn't feel good. Yeah. I, I like Even in my own situations, I can admit that things don't feel good, but that's it. That's where it ends. Okay, this isn't going to feel good. Now what do I have to do? It's like sitting and wallowing, I realized just was like a, it was a zero return. When you talk about business, there's no return on my investment. If I sit and wallow, I'm literally just wasting time and I'm feeling sorry for myself. And there's a, there's a place to validate your emotions. There's a place to acknowledge your emotions. There's also another step. Like people talk about, you know, holding space for you to feel. I understand that and I understand holding space for myself, but there's another step after that. You don't just sit there and hold your space and, and let yourself feel something. You ex- you understand it. Like you get to a point where, why does this suck? Why am I feeling like this? Okay, I get it now. I get that it's supposed to, but it's leading me towards something else. Now I can go focus on that something else. Yeah, no, I agree with you entirely. Like I said, it's it's that ability that really kind of let, lets people grow, especially when like they're going through that the big suck. Yeah, you, you just gotta like take a deep breath in. Now, last thing before uh, we head out, because unfortunately we do have to close up early today. I was gonna ask if you could give anyone any piece of advice. What would it be like the biggest piece of advice? Like someone's going through like the wars of life, what and they're like on that brink of giving up. 
what advice do you give them? Um, figure out how to appreciate it. It sounds super weird, but figure out how to get to a place of gratitude for like the fucked up things that are going on right now. Cause I think if you can find gratitude, like inside of the storm, not afterwards, um, you, you kind of develop a superpower. You develop a, an ability that I would say almost a hundred percent of people will never, ever even be able to taste when you're able to be grateful inside of that storm. And like, while it's happening, you move yourself in a much better position to be able to deal with it in the future, but also you're in a much better mindset. You're in a, you're much more capable of navigating it right now when you're able to say, I understand that this is leading me towards something better. That is so powerful. And it's true because it's just the whole idea of being able, because you're taking control of the storm. You were literally in the eye of the storm going, no, this, this storm is my bitch rather than kind of going, Oh, look at the shit I learned after it hit and destroyed everything. Yep. And realize like there's going to be those nasty fucking disgusting hundred mile an hour winds. But if you can't do shit, like I think this is a huge thing too, is people dropping what they can't do shit about. I can't do anything about it. Why am I like, I, I talk to people all the time about like if a nuclear bomb hit. So people are worried about like in, in America, like another country bombing us with nuclear attacks. My whole thing is, if you live in a big city, so I'm from California, right outside of San Francisco, if somebody drops a nuclear bomb on San Francisco, what the fuck are you going to do about it? Nothing. So why are you even, why are you wasting your like time even worrying about if that happens? If it happens, you're fucked. <laughs> That's it. You're fucked. So live the rest of your life. Like go do everything else or go do Things where if that does happen, you're happy with what you've accomplished or you're happy with what you've already been able to do. Don't worry about that thing that's way over your head. That's so true. It's being able to literally take care of that that moment. And like mm-hmm. kind, of, kind of make peace with the idea of what's going to happen around you. That's insanely yeah. powerful. That is actually really powerful in its own right. So Kyrie, I'm looking forward to getting you back on the show for like the second time around just simply because I want to speak to you more about like the other lessons that you learned through your life but thank you for taking the time to actually do this interview and actually putting up with me having to cut our interview shorter today no no all good man thank you for having me on again oh for sure man definitely looking forward to have you on again thank you for dispensing the advice that you gave and there's again some notes that i took for myself that i really want to go uh, i'm going to go start applying today anyway um guys go check out influx.com i-n-f-l-u-k-z or z for my american friends.com Reach out to Kyrie online. He is super easy to find because, you know, so few people actually have his name. Um, but he, he's just a good dude. Follow him, laugh, chill, enjoy stuff. Uh, and Kyrie, thanks again for being here, man. Yeah, thank you, man. I appreciate it. All right, guys. See you on the next episode.